Coming to you live from Plugkit Studios in beautiful Largo, Florida, we are keeping you plugged in with episode 454 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. This week, Nintendo is updating their lineup, Twitter is losing an executive, and AT&T doesn't quite know how to treat video. I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we are here and wherever you are and however you're joining us, uh, thank you for making us part of your day, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, our homes on Livestream and uh, uh, Stitcher, or of course on our apps, pluggitslive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us part of your day. This here is... F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, the flagship show on the Pluckets Live family of content. We're live normally on Sundays about 9 o'clock, unless we have technical problems like we have all day today, in which case we go on a little late. Um, we're on for about an hour, depending on the topics that we talk about, and uh, we cover everything from uh, gadgets and reviews and previews of holiday sales and all kinds of all kinds of information um you can join us live sunday nights uh in the studio you can chat with us by going to f5live.tv slash join us so if you're doing that right now we appreciate it we definitely want your input on the topics as we talk about them right there in the chat room that's one of the wonderful things about joining us live but if you can't join us live, that's okay. You can also subscribe by going to f5live.tv and clicking the subscribe buttons that are currently on the right-hand side. Uh, from there, you can access uh, all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point with Avram Pilch, which will be on in just a few minutes. Uh, you can also um, subscribe to our special events feed, which has content from our recent event at uh, Pinellas Comic and MakerCon. You can subscribe to the new series, The New Product Launchpad, whose first episode is published now. First Looks, which is all about robotics in action. Our new Unboxed series as well, where uh, we open up products that we are about to review. So there's a little bit of everything uh, all available for you there. Um, we weren't on last week. We ended up with a, uh, a bit of a, a special event that our cast was invited to and uh avram wasn't feeling well so when you put all of that together we end up with a week off <laughs> hopefully you're feeling better yes i am feeling better that's good was it just like a a cold or did you get like yeah, sick like sick a bit of a cold bit of a stomach thing but uh not, I, I feel much better now that's good, I'm all good. it's it, it always sucks to get sick on the weekend doesn't it <laughs> Uh, well, at least I didn't feel like I was missing anything at work, so. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we got to go to a little event, uh, held by Monster in Orlando, which was a lot of fun. Uh, their marketing director was like, hey, we're going to be in Florida. How far away is Orlando from you? Uh, I don't know. It depends on where in Orlando you're going to be. So, uh. They, they held a concert, which is kind of on par for an audio company. And uh, we went and helped them run their their uh, booth. And we got to see... It was a Latin singer, uh, Yandel, 
who is not somebody I've ever interacted with, but the event was a tremendous amount of fun. It's always fun to hang out with, uh, with one of our sponsors in particular. It's always fun to hang out with Monster. <laughs> so that was, that was a tremendous amount of fun. Um, in in a kind of direct company news, there is a new version of the website, which is uh, going to be premiering here in the next couple of weeks, hopefully in time for uh, for the release of our holiday guide. So in the next in the next hopefully ten days, we will have a whole new version of Play Kids Live uh, that's going to be launched, and we are looking for a couple of people to test it out for us. So. If you are one of our, our regular listeners and you would like to see the new site in action before everybody else, please feel free to reach out to me, scott at plughits.com, and uh, I will I will certainly uh, try and get as many people in as possible. I really want some input on the new style. Um, so far, all of the feedback has been very positive, so I'm very excited about that. And uh, it works better on mobile, which will be um, a positive thing for a lot of our <laughs> a lot of our viewers. So, <laughs> hooray, success for mobile! So, uh, so what have you guys been up to, Abram? Oh, preparing for the big uh, Black Friday. Well, you know, Black Friday is really a state of mind. I should say <laughs> the big holiday shopping, although people like to use the word Black Friday because that's the search term a lot of people use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, rush of uh, people coming to our websites looking for information on what to buy, gifts that they're getting, gifts that they're getting themselves because it's a great time of year for sales. So, yeah. um, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's a big deal for us uh, as you know so we not only we've we been reviewing some of the latest products obviously but we've been trying to make sure that we've got full coverage for all the deals that are popping up every day which we have on laptop mag and Tom's guide.com um, uh, deal sections and uh, so we're so serious about it I gotta work Thanksgiving so <laughs> oh my. All right. I have to. I'm working Thanksgiving and and a good chunk of Thanksgiving weekend uh, because we're gonna have folks, uh, myself and a couple other people, uh, online, uh, making sure that we uh, cover. I mean, some of the things that there's obviously things we know about in advance, sure. uh, but some things that we don't. So we're gonna be online to update and promote all the deals that that are coming. We're gonna be scouting them out putting them on the tomsguide.com deals page and the laptopmag.com deals page and then also uh, cross-promoting them around the site and tweeting them out and stuff to try and help people uh, find the best stuff. So, um, you know, and and as it turns out, a lot of people are going online to shop and a lot of the deals are popping up on days like Thanksgiving and the day and obviously Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving and that weekend. Sure. Well, that... That makes sense. Uh, we will obviously help you guys out in any way we can, retweeting and sharing the deal stuff. So, uh, so yeah. So obviously, check out uh, Tom's Guide and the Laptop Mag uh, Facebook and Twitter accounts and stuff like that because uh, that's that's how I always find out about your stuff. Plus, of course, my RSS feed. But not everything always shows up in there. So definitely. Uh, follow them on social media. It's a great way to, uh, to keep up with their new stuff. And it sounds like you're going to have a lot that weekend. So, (laughs) 
So I guess with that, let's get to it. Let's talk about some tech news. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Turn your desk into a studio. Pre-order the Surface Studio right now. It's a gorgeous piece of hardware that any creative professional can find a use for. It's not designed for me, and I want one. So (laughs) just about any creative professional can uh, figure out how to put it into their lives. Um, Plus, uh, save up to $200 right now on select Surface Pro 4 models. Uh, But of course, the Microsoft Store has more than just computers. It's got the Xbox One S, which I am thinking about adding to my collection of way too many Xbox devices. Uh, (laughs) um, Plus, of course, you can get uh, the HTC Vive uh, virtual reality system and all kinds of other deals uh, by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. They, uh, Microsoft really decided that they were going to go full on supporting their, their VR partners. <laughs> why not? Absolutely. You know, why, why not? Good, you know, good for them. I'm one of the things I'm most excited to see in 2017 is, uh, how VR gets integrated into windows 10 mm-hmm. because supposedly, uh, we're going to see that yeah. in, in 2017, you know, that, you're going to, I mean, technically it supports VR now, but I mean like the, I think the hollow, well, not really VR, the hollow is supposed to be, you know, integrated directly into the OS. So yeah. that would be fascinating. Absolutely. And, you know, with the Vive being able to support Windows holographic and all of that, there's there and, you know, all of their, their mobile partners supporting it. I can't wait to see all the stuff that's coming there. Um, changing gears a little bit. Let's talk about Google. Um, so Google has, uh, over the last couple of years, put a couple of rules on Android. Um, we, I think it was uh, even, it may have been the three of us, you, me, and, uh, our former co-host, uh, may have discussed this as a group in 2014 when, uh, when Google made the decision to, uh, to restrict access to the Play Store uh, to OEMs that um, that support the Google ecosystem properly, and um, we have seen a number of OEMs uh, end up with no Play Store access. Traditionally, they're the forty-nine dollars CVS tablets um, that that end up getting. Getting restricted from the Play Store because they don't follow Google's rules, but companies like Samsung and LG and you know all those guys uh, support the rules, and so obviously you have Play Store access. Um, a number of governments have been confused by some of Google's rules, including our own here in the United States. The uh, Federal Trade Commission did a investigation into those rules and determined that everything was fine, but they did do an investigation. Um, the European Union, we'll try that one again. The European Union turned out to be harder to say than I expected. Um, has also conducted their own investigations 
but in a confusing way. Because, as it turns out, um, their, their research and their response are unrelated. So, uh, they, they uh, have done a lot of research into whether or not Google's bundling of applications in Android is bad for business, I guess. And um, they have decided that, yes... It is bad for business. They published a thing in April that uh, that was pretty mean to Google. And I know I'm not one to usually take Google's side, but in this case, I am absolutely going to take their side, and I'll tell you why. Um, they are very confused about Android. Um, in fact, the, the first very confusing thing about their complaint... Uh, is basically that Android and iOS and uh, Windows Mobile are not competitors, which it's just kind of strange that Android that Android lives in a world all by itself that that Apple and Microsoft have no bearing on Android, which of course they do. <laughs> Anybody with a brain knows that. Google makes moves because of Apple and Microsoft. Apple makes moves because of Google and Microsoft. And Microsoft makes moves because of Google and Apple. We're, we see it every day. We talk about it most weeks, right, Avram? Yeah, I, honestly, I don't see what that there's any there here. I mean, I think Google is perfectly entitled to decide, uh, you know, which OEMs get to, get to bundle its software. Like... That's pretty. That's pretty straightforward. I mean, look, they're not they're not restricting who can install the OS, right? Which is an open source OS. They're just saying, look, these are our proprietary pieces of software, and if you want to preload them onto your device, you have to follow some rules, right? I mean, it it seems perfectly reasonable to me. I mean, nobody gets to install iOS on their device unless you're already Apple, right? So. And, uh, you know, it's so why can't and you can't uh, you can't sell. And in Google's world, I I don't know how easy it is for a third because I never see any. So it must not be easy for a third for a, a minor company to create a Chromebook. Like I've never seen I've never seen a Chromebook that was a, you know, $50 Chromebook. Right. In CVS. <laughs> It's always like, you know, maybe the major manufacturers, which yeah. just to me that you can't just, I mean, well, for one, it's, you can't just download it. Although there is an open version of Chromium or right. whatever, but, you know, so it's not, you know, Android is the most open operating mobile operating system around. And if they want to restrict who can run their store, then, then they should be able to restrict who can run their store. I mean, absolutely. It would be nice if more people had access to it, but that's their their prerogative. And you know, they're they make a couple of points. Google responded uh, finally to the uh, the EU's uh, statement of objections, which was released in April. They they responded officially this week, and they also responded publicly, which is obviously where this conversation comes from tonight. Um, so the EU says Apple has no effect on Android. And then 
in their thing, they released the results of a survey that they took, a market survey, in which 89% of respondents to their survey confirmed that Apple is a driving factor for Android. <laughs> so, yeah. so immediately, their own research does not match their own results, <laughs> which is obnoxious. Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind it's kind of an overreach. Yeah, um, it, you know. and it harkens back to the the days you know the the late '90s when everybody was mad at Microsoft for bundling Internet Explorer in their browser or in their their operating system, and you know Microsoft had to say, but you you understand that you have if you want to get a browser you have to already have one it's not magic and anybody including our oems can install another browser they can even set it as default we're yeah, just I, making the I, oems life easier and google says the exact same thing we we allow our oems to install competing software look at a samsung device yeah a samsung device has all of our all of our stuff. It has eleven apps from us, which is less than everybody else. Microsoft's Lumia five fifty. Thirty nine of the forty seven apps are from Microsoft. On iOS ten, uh, thirty nine out of thirty nine included apps are from Apple. But and on the the Samsung Galaxy S seven, um, eleven of the the forty something apps that are included are from Google. And most of the ones that are from Google have competing services from Samsung already preloaded. Competing and usually inferior services from Samsung. But uh, but that's okay. But competing. But yes, competing. Absolutely. Yeah. And they live side by side on the device when you turn it on. And almost yeah. all of those things are uninstallable, unlike on an iPhone. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's an anti-competitive practice, anti-competitive practice at all. No. So, and and I'll tell you from my perspective as a developer, as somebody who has built software for Android, um, both recently and in the semi-distant past, since they made these changes, the fragmentation of Android has dropped significantly. And a developer's ability to build an app that will work on your device has gone up massively. Can Can you remember in like... In like 2011, you you could go look in uh in the Android store on two devices with the exact same specs from two different companies, and it would work on one and not on the other. It, that kind of stuff happened all the time because you couldn't guarantee that APIs were going to be there, and Google has tried to fix that particular problem, and that's most of what this is about. Google, if anything, has been too too uh too nice in terms of cracking down on uh fragmentation of of android now you know maybe it's beyond their scope or whatever but the fact that like 0.1 percent of people have the latest version of android because every oem has to make their own and you can't get it from google Mm mm-hmm it's kind of, it's kind of lame i mean it should be designed in a way that you know like windows update that you right. just get it yeah. so 
yeah, with Windows 10 and mobile, you don't you don't have to wait for each manufacturer to make their changes. iOS, obviously, you don't have to wait for the carriers to get involved. Like uh, even on even on uh, this exact same device on four different carriers in the U.S., your rollout could be different. Yeah, that's right. You might be waiting a long time. Yeah. So, you know, that's a little God for, problem. God forbid but... you've got an Android phone on Verizon and you, your uh, manufacturer has released a new version of Android. The other three are probably going to get it before you. Yeah, no, no joke. You know, so... So, yeah, oh, well. yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I guess the, the whole point here is that the EU trying to regulate something that it very clearly does not understand is a terrible idea <laughs> because they're going to screw this up in a pretty big way. And Google has proven that they are not afraid to say our stuff's not available in your country anymore. Just ask Spain and Google News. Uh Google's not afraid to say, you know what, if you're going to be a pain, we're not going to allow our this particular product to work in your country. So, you know, messing with them is not a great idea, guys, I guess is my point. If you don't understand what you're talking about, maybe back up and let the people who do know what's going on be in charge. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products, the wonderful headphones that are on my head right now, the new Monster Elements available in a variety of colors and uh, now two sizes as well. There's the full on-ear style that I'm wearing right now. There's also an over-ear style. With the, with the same sound quality, but a smaller fit for those who don't want the giant style headphones uh, with the full cups. Plus, of course, my favorite new product, which you will be seeing show, uh, show up in our reviews section in the, uh, hopefully the near future, is the Monster Blaster, the Boombox Reimagined, incredible sound, just the right size and uh if you check out our twitter account you can see a great picture of uh, danielle with one on her shoulder uh last weekend the the sound on it's incredible and uh the the price for the sound is just where it should be um so you can find out about all the different elements the monster blaster and of course a whole wide array of headphone styles by going to f5live.tv slash monster and that music means that it is time for the pilch point with online editorial director of laptop magazine and tom's guide abram pilch abram how you doing Great, great. Excited to talk about deals. Deals. Deals are always good. Deals, deals, deals. So, you know, this time of year, uh, any tech publication, laptopmag.com, tomsguide.com, where I work, uh, and a lot of our competitors, uh, you know, it's a big 
we we spend a lot of energy helping people decide what to what to buy because people do a lot of spending. They buy gifts for each other, obviously. But let's be honest, uh, you know, a lot of us don't have a thousand dollars to buy a gift for someone. Uh, but you know, we maybe this is the best time of year to buy yourself the new laptop that that you've been looking for or the new TV that you've been waiting for sure. because there are a lot of deals associated with the Black Friday season, Black Friday itself, <laughs> a couple weeks before, a few weeks after. The uh, as as you said before be the fun- as you said before the show, the Black Friday state of mind. The Black Friday state of mind, <laughs> right? So, because it really the season is sort of underway now. Been actually seeing some great deals even the last couple of weeks in October, uh, and really goes even till the week after Christmas. Uh, so, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're buying something for someone for Hanukkah or Christmas, the week after Christmas probably isn't the best time to buy it. Fair enough. Unless you're not seeing them for a while, but uh, you could just say, "Oh, I've been holding this for you," but. Uh, if you're buying something for yourself, uh, it, you know you 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 really want this is a good time of year, but at the same time you're going to be flooded with a lot of um, not misinformation but confusing information. You're going to be flooded with a lot of things that say deal, 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 but there actually aren't a good deal. You know maybe they're fifty dollars off. The you know thousand dollar product fifty dollars off. Okay, if you were going to buy it anyway, it's it's a good fifty dollars, but it's not something to jump at. Uh, you know or Hey, here's a really great deal on something, but it's a piece of junk. Uh, so, how do you actually know when you see uh, deals around? Uh, you know, and you might see them on a site such as ours. You might see them on a deals aggregator uh, like DealNews.com, or you you might you know just see them being promoted on different sites that you go to that are shopping sites like Amazon and New Newegg and Microsoft. Um, so. Uh, so one thing to do is you want to make sure, just as general advice, that you compare the deal price. If if you see a product that looks promising to you and you say, eh, maybe I want to get this, look at the compare the deal price of the product to the price on other sites. Like don't assume because it's like reduced by hundred dollars that it's actually a great deal because maybe the sale price on this one site is actually still higher than the regular price on Amazon. Right. Uh, so, because so you definitely want to check a couple of other sites. Because a variant, a variation from MSRP does not necessarily constitute a sale. You know, a number of the products that we've reviewed recently have MSRPs of you know a hundred bucks, but they're always priced at eighty-five. Right. Exactly. So you can't. You you got to go by what the what the market price is. But you you know. And so the other thing to do is to check price history tools. Uh, there's a site called camelcamelcamel.com, which is a great resource, but only for Amazon, uh, listings, unfortunately. Uh, but you can see what the lowest price, if, if you type in the name of any product that's on Amazon, you can see what the lowest price, what its price history is, how it went up and down. So uh, even if let's say the deal was somewhere else, you could at least check, has it ever been cheaper on Amazon? Is it cheaper now on Amazon? Uh, so that would give you an idea. Um, and obviously, you don't want to buy a piece of junk, no matter how cheap it is. If you see a deal, a, you know, doorbuster deal, a two hundred dollar laptop that has a thirteen sixty six screen and a Pentium processor, it's probably not a, it's pro, it's probably not worth the money at any price. Right. Um, 
and specifically, there are a few things, uh, and I have an article about this. Uh, up, you can go see it on laptopmag.com called "How to Get the Best uh, How to Get the Best Laptop Deals on Black Friday." Specifically, I've called out a few things that if you saw this and you were at all interested in the product, this would be a great deal. So, for example, our favorite laptop overall for general consumers is the Dell XPS 13. Mm -hmm. If you see it with a Core i5 processor, 8 gigs of RAM, and 256 gigabyte SSD, for under 1000 that's a good deal. Normally, you're spending about 11 or 1200 to get it with that config, and that's what we would consider to be kind of the minimum good config for basically any mainstream computer. You really should be looking for a Core i5, at least 8 gigs, and at least 256 a Core i5 or, or, or higher, or sure. i7. I mean, obviously, if you're looking for a budget thing, something really cheap, maybe you can compromise, but if you're looking for at least mainstream performance, those are the specs you want in general. Uh, similarly, if you see any lap... Now, SSDs, I've been, you know, if you've listened to the show before, you know I think that everybody should get... Everybody's laptop should have an SSD and at least a 1080p screen. Uh, so, it, but unfortunately... Laptops that have both those things are very often expensive still, or at least, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars. So if you see a laptop that has a full HD screen and a two hundred fifty six gig or higher SSD for under six fifty, that's probably a pretty good deal. Um I also wanna wanna throw out there that uh the our one of our our actually our favorite gaming laptop right now is the Alienware thirteen with OLED display. Normally that's eighteen hundred bucks. If you see that on a good sale, like under sixteen hundred, which I don't expect to see, but these are hypotheticals. Sure. That would be a great deal. In fact, any gaming laptop that has um, the new NVIDIA GTX ten sixty graphics card or ten seventy graphics card, which are really, really fast, if you see any of those for under a thousand, also unlikely, but if you see it, that's a great deal. So we have a list of some of these other potential great deals uh, on my article. And um, we also mention, I also mention uh, monitors because monitors are something that are usually on big sales and are a great thing to buy, particularly for yourself or others, because they're not that expensive nowadays, depending on which one you get. And if you, you that's a major upgrade for someone if you're going from a lower res to a higher res a smaller to a bigger or we're going from one monitor to two monitors which is a definite thing that you would want to do then um you know then this could actually be a great upgrade for you Unfor um, what a lot of people don't realize though is that monitors are actually kind of gotten pretty cheap by def cheap uh as a regular price um you can you know i remember back in the day spending 500 bucks to get a 20 inch monitor and I had to get a bigger desk to put it on because it was so heavy because <laughs> it was a tube monitor uh -huh. with Usonic. Um, now for now a regular price for a 22 inch or 23 inch uh, full HD monitor is, is a hundred dollars. Maybe not for the top of the line, but for a respectable one. So if you see a 1080p for under $90, that's a pretty decent deal. Mm -hmm. If you see a 4K monitor for under 250, that's a pretty that would be a fantastic deal. The lowest price regular price 4K monitor I've seen right now is uh, $300, and that's for kind of an off-brand. Uh, so 
but again, sometimes you see deals like this. So I do really recommend to folks, uh, they do keep an eye out for monitor deals because that is something that, uh, you know, is affordable but can become much more affordable during uh, this time period. Uh, SSDs are another another thing. If you want to upgrade to a larger SSD or upgrade to an SSD, um, they've been gotten pretty cheap already. You can routinely get a 256 gig or SSD for about $85. But if you see a 500 gig uh, SSD drop to below $100, that would be a fantastic deal. Boy, so those are, that's, that's the that, deal with deals. Isn't that weird to to think about just how how recently we were talking about um, a dollar a gig on SSDs? And yeah, it's it's getting a lot. Che- <laughs> it's gotten a lot cheaper. That's why it's such an aggressive like. I, I look I, to compile this list. And I went and looked at what the regular prices are of these things. Mm-hmm. There's no point in my recommending a deal that's the regular price. Regular, it's gotten so good now that regularly you can find a 256 gig SSD for like 80 bucks, uh, and regularly you can find a 500, 480 to 512 gigabyte SSD for like 150 bucks or 125. So, so. It's actually not that super expensive. Now, obviously, if you get and, and, and I'm not talking about terrible off brands either. You can get a SanDisk. You can get a, you know, often get a Samsung uh, SSD for those prices. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, it's gotten really cheap um, unless, of course, you're configuring a laptop. Then very often and you go to configure a laptop, they charge you an arm and a leg to like configure it with. 256 instead of 128 or 512 instead of 256 yeah uh but when you buy it on when you buy the ssd by itself you can get a fantastic deal yeah that and that's one of those things that we've talked about before that don't don't waste your money doing the upgrade when you're configuring when you can for a quarter of the price a lot of times you can go upgrade it after yeah, that only works though. To be fair, that only works if it's um, one that's user accessible, and yeah. you know you do have to keep an eye on that. We have articles about that as well, like how to tell if your your laptop is upgradable, right. because uh, you know they're making it harder and harder. So, but that's another thing that you'll actually benefit from sales. Uh, Lenovo and Dell are the two main laptop manufacturers that allow you to configure your laptops. HP sort of does it. Uh, but their online prices on HP.com aren't usually that that fantastic. Right. But uh, Dell and and Lenovo on their sites, if for some of their laptops, not all, uh, particularly the business laptops, though, you can go and configure. Like I just want this SSD and this RAM. And when you when they have the aggressive prices that they have around this season, Lenovo is particularly aggressive with their prices. Um, you know. The, those discounts apply not just to the base model, but to all the configurating that you do. So, you know, you might go and you might see that it says $80 to go or $100 to go up a level of SSD. But when you configure it, it actually only costs $50 right. because it's taking the percent off. So uh, definitely do config like, con- you know, if you go to one, of, if you're buying something on one of those sites, don't just necessarily settle for the base config get something with a decent config and right. by decent i mean at least a 1080 screen at least eight gigs of ram and at least a 256 gig ssd 
Absolutely. So uh, if people want to find out uh, your whole list of recommendations, um, where can they go? Check. They can go to laptopmag.com and on the homepage, we have a story about how to get the best Black Friday laptop deals. And of course, you can check out our whole gift guide at tomsguide.com. Fantastic. Well, Avram, as always, we uh, we love to get laptop and Tom's guides uh, input on the holidays because uh, obviously you have a lot more people doing research on this than I do. So. Yep. <laughs> so. Always a pleasure. All right. And uh, as far as the, the Pilch Point is concerned, we will see you next week. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, there there's kind of nobody that makes uh, accessories for gaming quite like Razer. Their Death Adder uh, mouse series is one of my all-time favorite. I have one in my office, and I carry one with me uh, on the road. Their Black Widow uh, keyboard is... An incredibly popular gaming keyboard. It's got mechanical keys and all of the things that Avram and I both love about a keyboard. Um, plus the ability to light up, which is uh, in all kinds of colors, which is fun when you're when you're gaming. Um, plus, of course, we know Razer makes um, their their Blade series of gaming laptops, which are incredibly popular in the gaming community. And with the holidays. Coming up, as we were just talking about on the Pilch Point, um, deals are afoot. So you will definitely want to check out all of the, uh, the deals as they come about over the next couple of weeks. You can do that by going to f5live.tv slash razor. I have always liked my Razer mouse. The they make fantastic products. They make fantastic products. Uh, the mice are great. The keyboards are great, and the laptops. Uh, we love the uh, we love the Razer Blade. So, uh, and we like the Blade Stealth too. So, uh, great great stuff from Razer. Heck, even my uh, even the computer case that my uh, editing machine in is a Razer, and all of this is from before they were a sponsor. So, that it's always good when somebody joins the show who whose product you already own and love. So it's it's good to have sponsors like that uh, come around. Anyway, so let's talk about Nintendo because it's been an interesting month for them. They finally gave us some information about what is called the Nintendo Switch, which was the NX uh, in code name for a while. Exciting kind of take on both of their devices in one the Wii U and the uh, the 3DS kind of coming together into a thing. Um, and, of course, we know that earlier in the year, a couple months ago, we talked about that they were going to bring back the NES in an interesting way um, with a custom version of the console that you could uh, – that comes with 30 games and 
you know, everything's pre-installed. You hook it up to your TV and you're off and running. It uses uh, the same port for wired controllers that the last couple of generations of actual uh, Nintendo consoles uses so that you can take the NES controller that comes with it and plug it into your, your Wii U and use it for uh, Smash Brothers if you're feeling froggy. Um, so this week, that device hit the market. And it has been a success. So much so that uh, they're all sold out. <laughs> Everybody who carried them has been out um, f- since the day they launched. And, uh, in fact, you can find them on eBay today for upwards of $300, which is pretty impressive for a device that retails for 60 And that $300 at a pawn shop could probably get you an actual NES and all of the games that come with it. Uh, which to me is a little bit more fun than the the custom console. Uh, Nintendo has promised that they are the the devices are still in manufacturing. There's no pause on it. There will be more uh, coming to to retailers uh, very soon. But you you know that that a a weird thing like this is a success when it sells out immediately. You know. And and it is kind of a weird thing. the 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 games are, what thirty years old. <laughs> it's it's kind of strange for the the excitement behind it. But as somebody who owns three original NESs myself, I guess I can understand it. <laughs> you know, kudos to Nintendo. They don't always have the highest uh, tech stuff, but uh, they they manage to have. An incredible loyal, incredibly loyal audience, thanks to their 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 intellectual property, thanks yeah. to the the you know their characters and stories and, and everything. So uh, you know this just really proves the hunger for people to to play those classic games. Yeah, um, really says that like you know some of the good game really good games are timeless yeah which is which is kind of funny because graphics have really really improved <laughs> over time um and so has you know the storytelling of games but you know what i wonder do you think that the vast majority of people who bought it are people who actually had the original were alive at that time and playing it and now they want want it back you know or i've been you- trying to figure that out myself whether the people who are who never never experienced never had it who are trying to experience the origins of of some of their favorite franchises yeah i've been trying to figure that out myself i can tell you that uh we have a facebook group called florida gamers that uh that some people that have been connected to the show in the past have been heavily involved in uh in the past and um in that group there are a lot of people who either purchased it or went looking for it and could not purchase it because it sold out, um, who are of the generation who had the original NES and are looking to reconnect. Uh, that seems to be the majority in that group. But again, that's a very small sampling of of people. Uh, so I, I would hazard to guess that people who who are interested in this are people who grew up with it yeah um that's my guess but at the same time you never know like uh 
you know, this is probably a bad example, but like, you know, I, I grew up playing Atari. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how, that's how old I am. So I grew, I grew up playing Atari 2600. That's okay. I've got and, one in the other room. We're good. Ah, and, uh, you know, I, um, you know, I would love to introduce my son to some of those games. Sure. And, you know, at one point we had like a Namco arcade thing for PS, you know, for the PlayStation. Sure. And I was showing him the games and he thought they were very amusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, granted he's four years old, but, um, <laughs> You know, so I think there's something about, you know, classic games that uh, that's interesting and, and and appealing. And, you you know, you can maybe even introduce them to the next generation. Of course, I'm a bigger fan of, like, introduce people to arcade games yeah. because, like, the experience of the arcade game is so different because than what people have experienced at home because the machines themselves were part of the game. right. You know, you had a different joystick or a dial or something that was mm-hmm. just for that game, right? Um, which was which was part of the the experience. But you know, I think people looking to go back and experience, you know, experience Nintendo. That's that's cool. And we have seen things over the years that sort of did that for some other classic game systems too, right? I mean, there was, mm-hmm. I know there was, and probably still is, something where you can get where it comes with like a million little Atari games preloaded um indeed um in fact um nikia interviewed a company called dream gear at ces this year that has a uh i'm looking at the interview right now that has um that kind of device just like this plugs right into the tv it's got a a bunch of games built right in and they look like little arcade cabinets which is kind of fun too yeah, that's so. Uh, I think there's you know a hunger for for vintage games, um, and and why not? You know now I think the interesting question, and I guess we'll have to see, is whether uh, there's going to be a hunger for games, vintage games that are newer mm-hmm. but have now gotten old. Right. You know, it's, are people going to want to play, I don't know, Resident Evil 1 or something? You know, like, are they going right. to want to play games that are out, that have just come out a few years ago and have much better graphics? Are they going to be like, well, that's not really vintage. Right. It's where, sort of at the middle there. Where Where is the line on that? Like, could, could a, a Nintendo 64 equivalent of the NES Classic Edition be successful in the market? Yeah, yeah. Are people gonna miss their Dreamcast? I don't know. Well, I think everybody who had one misses their Dreamcast, but no. so, so that particular one might be a, a bad example. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, is there gonna be, you know, what's the, you know, how much nostalgia is there going on? I think I saw something the other day. I could be totally spacing here about there being some sort of vintage, uh, like newly made vintage Commodore 64 system Ooh. coming out. Do you remember seeing that? No, uh, but I that would be interesting for me cuz I've got two of the originals, so it would be kind of cool to have Oh man, I got to see I got to see your collection here. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you'd you'd be amazed. I've got two Commodore 64s and a 128 and a whole case wow. of of uh of gaming consoles. Yeah. Wow. Could we just do an episode sometime where you just bring your toys on and just show, do a show and tell? 
Boy, that, you know, doing a, a retro collection show could actually be kind of fun. I, th- I think that I think that would be fantastic. I would I would love to see it. But, for, a l- for a long yeah, time, I we mean, talked about figuring out how to put some of the, the retro stuff as the backdrop here in the studio. But it, we never the studio has never been large enough to be able to quite pull off what G4 did for Attack of the Show. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think it would be I think it would be would be fascinating and certainly you know there are people who love to see the old stuff sure um and particularly now that i'm a parent it's kind of really really amusing and satisfying to me to show my son old stuff sure um of course he's not really he's so young now that he doesn't realize how limited the old stuff is in some ways Uh he just thinks it's kind of amusing because he doesn't have a sense of time like right how the graphics are terrible on that or whatever he doesn't you know, probably in like two years, he'll be like, oh, man, I can't believe you had to put up with that neat <laughs> graphics, you know, holy cow, you know, but, um, you know, for now it's, it's, uh, but it's, it's kind of cool to be able to sort of relive that and share it with the next generation. And I'm sure that's what's going on with Nintendo. Yeah, for sure. And the interesting thing is that's the new for Nintendo is a return to the old. And, uh, also this week, um, the old for Nintendo is uh, the end of the new. Uh, uh, Nintendo has confirmed that uh, hardware production in Japan for the Wii U has come to an end. Uh, no new Wii U hardware will be manufactured for that market. And all Wii U hardware that will be uh, available in retailers in North America for the rest of the fiscal year has been manufactured and shipped and is already in retailers' hands. So if somebody runs out, too bad, so sad, end of life. Now, Nintendo has... I don't has... think there's a big danger of that. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, unless they do some kind of weird, like, crazy price drop promotion like they did with the Wii right before the Wii U, and they sold out that Christmas uh, pretty quickly. But my guess is if they run a promotion like that, it is so that they will run out... Uh, though they have uh, said that just because they're done for the year, they're not closing themselves off for North America uh, to the idea of doing another production run uh, in the event for the beginning of next year for the event that they totally run out of devices. Uh, though, again, I don't suspect that that's a problem. So, um, yes, in general... The Wii U is officially discontinued, end of life, uh, no more new hardware uh, to be produced, and uh, I don't think that that is necessarily a sad situation for anybody, especially with the Switch coming to market in March of 2017. It's We all knew that the Wii U was going to be coming to an abrupt end here soon. We just didn't know that it had already happened, and nobody knew, so... <laughs> But that's okay. Yeah, unlike Apple, most companies don't keep making old products after they come out with a new one. Right? It, it seems pretty reasonable to me. But yep. <laughs> so that it's it's the end of an era, and um, I suppose the best thing that I can say is that the Wii U is leaving the world with the same whimper in which it entered.
This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let the professionals do it for you because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies from blockbusters to um, astro zombies. They've got a little bit of everything. The way it usually works is for three or four dollars, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you happen to have the movie, and laugh. Of course, from time to time, they do some special live events. Um, their last live event was uh, Carnival of Souls, which was in October. There will be a holiday double feature uh, December 1st. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians and a uh, whole collection of Christmas shorts uh, will be in theaters on December 1st. And uh, a little off topic, don't forget that uh, the Thanksgiving Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, marathon will be back on television this year. Uh, So to find out what movies are available, what theaters you can see the double feature, and all of the uh, shorts that you can download, you can go to f5live.tv slash rifttracks with an X. They are really uh, promoting Mystery Science Theater 3000 for the reboot. There, But it's okay, because some of those classics are some of my favorites. So, um, anyway, so Twitter... We can't get away from it. They keep thrusting themselves back into the headlines and uh, seemingly never for good reason, except for, uh, and that's that's not our topic here, but except for the fact that as far as uh, the election was concerned, Twitter was the clear winner in social media traffic uh, during the election. Nobody else even came close, which isn't surprising because you can just type something and it goes off into the ether and you never have to deal with it again. Uh, which, of course, is part of Twitter's problem and <laughs> that has created the last couple of months of our conversations. Um, yep. They don't quite know who they are. They don't quite know what their service is and they haven't been able to get new users to sign up or even anybody to bid on purchasing the company. They had one of their uh, executives leave earlier in the year, their uh, product director. And this week, their chief operating officer, Adam Bain, is also leaving. So that's not a good necessary. It's not necessarily bad, but it's also not ne- really a great situation um, because it likely means that the the company wants to go in a direction that he disagreed with or he wanted to go in a direction that nobody else agreed with. (laughs) Or maybe he had another opportunity. It's possible. I mean, the company is not, I mean, it doesn't look like it's doing very well. Right. So a lot of times people in those situations want to jump ship for another opportunity. It could be that they're not going in any direction. Yeah, and and that may be his concern, is that the direction they're going in is just straight down with no interest in fixing it. So, that you know, that may be the direction he disagrees with and decided, 
there's no way these idiots are going to be able to solve this problem. I'm out of here. Yeah. Which, which would not be a big surprise considering, as we've talked about a lot over the last couple of months, they have no idea who they are. Yeah. You know, they have success in the terms of people actually using them, using them, and, and very importantly, uh, in, in the sense of, I mean, a lot of people use Facebook, too, and a lot of people use Instagram, mm-hmm. but and WhatsApp and all that. But what Twitter has is it has celebrity appeal. Yeah. Like, Twitter's the only platform I can think of where you see people doing, like, famous people doing their own tweets a lot. Right. You know, whereas on Facebook, I think it's usually people don't really follow as much. You sort of have an official page for someone on Facebook, and then their, you know, maybe their PR rep updates it once in a while, or or maybe it just sucks in their tweets. Uh, So, you know, like if you want to get, you know, not that I really care too much about this, but like this seems like that's where you get the immediate reaction from the immediate reactions from people are twitter 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 so like you're on twitter in the middle of some major news event baseball game election whatever you will see people tweeting 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 famous people your friends everybody mm-hmm. fast real time so you know they they manage to capture that market but the very reason why why people are able to do it quickly uh, is the very reason why the platform is limited and why it's bad for advertisers, uh-huh. like 140 characters. So all we're yeah. basically done is become sort of an editor for you. Well, actually not an editor, more like a, a uh, you know, hey, 140, cut it off. So <laughs> it's sort of like a giant wrap it up box. <laughs> so A brevity so, monitor. So, you know, <laughs> while that makes it easy for people to do things quickly, it also makes it not that great for advertisers and not right. that great for long-form content. Right. And if they change it, then they're not doing it. If they change it too much, then it's not what they originally were that was so popular. So and they're not Twitter anymore. So that's the problem. Yep, absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, like if they make some big policy change, then maybe, you know, we find out that, the reason he left was because he was either against the policy change or he wanted to go a different direction or whatever, or, you know, like you said, it could just be that, uh, he didn't want to deal with it anymore. And it was, there was something else out there that was more appealing. So, uh, but it's, it's definitely not a great time for an executive to leave amidst, um, you know, bad numbers and layoffs and product shutdowns and product sell-offs because apparently the shutdown of Vine has been potentially reversed as they look for somebody to buy it. Um, and, so, you know, it's just it's a, an unfortunate time for an executive to leave amidst chaos because uh, it obviously adds its own level of chaos. Uh, The chief financial officer will be stepping into the chief operating officer's uh, seat, effective immediately, and um, we know how well a CFO stepping into an operating officer's job uh, goes. Just ask Microsoft and Steve Ballmer. Uh, Anyway, so it'll be fun to watch um, as Twitter 
kind of goes round and round on figuring out what they're going to do. Yep. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Groove. All the music you love, play ad-free music from one of the biggest catalogs on the planet. You can listen on your PC, tablet, Xbox, on the web, on your smartphone, whether it be Android, iPhone, or Windows phone. You can create playlists and uh, custom radio stations, all based on your listening patterns. And you can get a 30-day free trial right now by going to f5live.tv slash groove. So, um, it's not music, it's video. Let's talk about AT&T and their kind of mixed reality with streaming video right now. Um, first uh, is their new, uh, let's call it a feature, called Stream Saver, in which um, uh, subscribers to any of AT&T's plans, including unlimited data plans will automatically have their video quality cut to 480 when they're on cellular. Um, it's They're not the first carrier to do this. Abram and I were talking before the show. Uh, T-Mobile and Sprint both have uh, features similar to this. Um, and they don't apply it necessarily universally across their across their plans the way AT&T is going to. Um, uh, for example, on on my plan on Sprint, I, my video quality is, is never cut down because I have an unlimited data plan. It's, you know, an older plan that's existed for a while and they did not apply it to my plan. AT&T, on the other hand, will apply it to uh, unlimited data plans, which is a bit of a mean move. <laughs> Um, the good news is that customers can opt out of this particular feature, um, particularly for unlimited plan holders, where it doesn't affect you necessarily uh, at, at all. So, you know, if you've got two gigs of data, I can understand how somebody might want to restrict how much is used. But if you're unlimited, maybe uh, you find it offensive. You know, here's I, I've been thinking about this this before Abrams Abrams video is going a little goofy. Uh, I think he's just caught up though. Uh, go ahead and say that again. Okay, I've been thinking about this issue for a while, even before the AT and T news came out, because um, I've been thinking of switching providers. Uh, from Verizon, which I'm on now, right. uh, to to maybe to T-Mobile because uh, you know the the limit. You know, we keep bumping up against it. My wife and I on Verizon, and frankly, in our house and some other areas where we go, we haven't been getting very good Verizon signal lately. Right. But uh, so I looked at the T-Mobile plan and I saw that the one plan which they have the 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 base unlimited plan they do this to you they cut all the video down to 480 then you can spend another i think 25 dollars a month 
to get to get yourself up to 1080, uh, you know, up to the full stream. Um, and I thought about it, and I was like, well, would I spend the $25 more to get the 1080? Like, was it worth it to me? And the answer was resoundingly no. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I think that is, let's let's think about it. if you buy your phone and your phone is you know, everybody's phone these days is well above 480. You know, most people's phone is at least 1080p right. and many higher. Uh, so obviously it's nice to have the resolution that matches your phone sure. or is higher than it. Uh, so at least you're not, you know, blowing up any pixels or anything. But right. 480 doesn't look that bad on a small screen. And let's remember that a lot of us are on Wi-Fi a fair amount of the time. Right. So you're still going to get to watch 1080p videos, full, even 4K videos, whatever you want on your phone, just not when you're not near a router. Right. Um, and, you know, AT&T may actually be doing their people a favor because 1080p video, you know, the video eats up a lot of your bandwidth and before you know it, you're before you know it, you're out of, you're out of data and mm -hmm. you're getting overages. Yep. So, you know, cutting it off, you know, seems like a, seems like a good idea to me. Um, you know, maybe there should be a way that you can buy into getting it if you're really price money's no object to you. But, um, you know, I, I, I get it why they're doing it. Um, even though it kind of sounds bad on paper, uh, the logic makes makes a lot of sense. And honestly, you know, when you're out and about on the train, whatever, on mm -hmm. the go, does the video have to be the best quality? I mean, right. I think the best resolution, I think the, the most important thing is that it's smooth. Right. Yeah, I agree. And the good news is with, with the AT&T plans, uh, customers can turn off the stream saver themselves uh so you have the ability to disable it so you know if if you don't want your video cut you'd rather have the the data usage than the the video quality you can do that sounds like a good idea to me so I mean... yeah so in general it's going to cut down on people's data usage and you know their whole marketing around the idea is three words use less data now, their marketing image, uh, every time I see it, looks like it says useless data, but that's just because it's a bad graphic that they're using. I think they're going to put more spaces between the words in the future. But <laughs> I mean, it's an imperfect solution for an imperfect world. Sure. Right? Because what you really want is just to be able to have unlimited data and do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and I would, I would hope at some point in the future we'll get to a point where – there's more unlimited plans and there's more bandwidth going around because I mean, you know, now we're really all kind of counting on uh, our, our routers and our home net internet and our wired home internet to, to save us. Uh, but for now, uh, for the foreseeable future, this is a good idea, especially for people who might get charged overages. Obviously it doesn't sound good. Don't use our data, but <laughs> they're actually saving you from them. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> if anything, they have an incentive not to do it, so they can charge you overages. Right, exactly. But they're they're trying to create a scenario in which, uh, like you said, they're saving you uh, from them. Uh, the one place that this does not necessarily apply to, however, is uh, any video coming from DirecTV. If you are an AT&T and a DirecTV subscriber, then... You can watch DirecTV content on your AT&T phone 100% unrestricted. Um, the stream saver does not apply, nor does your data cap on your account. So if you've got a 2-gig plan, you can stream your DirecTV content, content over cellular all day, every day. It do, Just like with T-Mobile's Binge On service... DirecTV does not apply to your data cap, which, you know, DirecTV has been doing this for a while with a number of partners. AT&T is just starting this service, obviously with themselves as their initial partner, because obviously signing a contract with yourself is pretty easy. Uh, but the FCC says uh, it may not be uh, fair. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even I mean a couple of things one we've all witnessed the election this past week leadership at FCC is going to change and I and net neutrality is probably not going to stay so two I don't sure that net neutrality ever covered uh, wireless because it was supposed to be wireline right so yeah because if it did then you couldn't have data caps with with slowdowns so you know there's there's all kinds of things that happen in the in the market that wouldn't be possible if the net neutrality all of the net neutrality regulations applied to to wireless or what we're calling net neutrality today i guess because it's different than what the original net neutrality stuff was um yeah so what we're calling net neutrality today has not applied to wireless in the way that it applies to wireline. So it's a little strange first that Wheeler would, would even say anything when, you know, one of the first things that, that the, the Trump camp said after they won was that Wheeler's out. So why, why, why Why he would even bother bother at this point is, is strange. Why even bother? Yeah. Um, But it'll, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, Wheeler and uh, John Wilkins, who wrote the letter uh, to AT&T, whether they try to get something done in the few days that they have left in their positions and whether or not there's it matters, because I don't think that it will. No, I mean, it's got to be reversed, so they might as well not even bother. I mean... This isn't even that flagrant. I mean, they're they're yes, they're showing preference toward their own thing, but at least they're not blocking other people's. Right, and and you know, it's it's under a brand like the the program. I don't remember what the brand name is right this second, um, but there's there's a brand to oh, they're calling it sponsored data, uh, which is just their version of binge on. And the first partner of this program is, of course, themselves. But that doesn't mean that that Netflix and Groove won't be in here next. Just like, just like T-Mobile is constantly adding new things. If T-Mobile had, 
their own content to stream, I can guarantee you they'd have been the first things as part of Binge On because there's no contracts to have to sign if you own the brand. Yep. Now AT&T is going to go out and they're going to talk to Hulu and they're going to talk to Netflix and they're going to talk to Groove and Apple. And I guarantee we'll start seeing more stuff show up under this program. So I, I think both it's silly for them to be for the FCC to even be trying at this point. But also, it's just the first of many partners of this program. And it's exactly what T-Mobile's doing. So uh, calm down. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of net neutrality, but I don't think this is worth the fight. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think that this is even necessarily a concern. No. You know? Whatever. Anyway, so I just, I thought that was an interesting, as they're slowing everybody down, they're also uh, pissing off the FCC, so... That's our show. Uh, Thank you to those of you who have joined us live in the chat room, which if you were not here for the beginning of the show, you can do by going to f5live.tv slash join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, And you can chat with us in the chat room and tell us what you think of the topics as we're going. Give us your input. We always enjoy that. Um, If you have any deals as the holidays get going, um, I imagine both of our organizations would be interested in tips on those deals. So feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, Plug Hits Live, uh, Tom's Guide, and Laptop Mag as well. We're always uh, willing to take people's input on deals because there are only so many of us and we yes. can only scour so much of the internet and obviously um, helping other people on the internet is what we like to do and you probably uh, would like to help out. So feel free to tip us. Uh, We definitely appreciate it. Uh, Also, feel free to subscribe to all of our other shows. We've got lots of content coming and oh my god, CES is way too close. Uh, I've been getting into panic mode. because obviously I'm having to take on more responsibility for CES this year. So kind of getting into panic mode. Anyway, so that content will be coming way too soon. Uh, And as always, I am looking forward to getting to spend time with the Laptop and Tom's Guide team as we get to do at CES and sometimes only at CES. Yep. I really really look forward to seeing uh, seeing you and... and, uh... Danielle and, and everybody, so uh, and getting to meet some of our new people. Ah, oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Hopefully, Marissa is going to be with us. It's going to be a really fun team this year, uh, a very engaged team, and we're going to be doing things differently. Like we've talked about, uh, TPN is not going to have the live booth, so Avram and I are working on some some interesting ideas. Uh, we'll see how any of that stuff goes. It should be a lot of fun. Anyway, so on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you guys back next week. Ciao.